Sometimes, the best stories in golf aren't found on tour. You'll find them at the back of the range. And here's your host, Ben Adelberg. And welcome to the back of the range. I am your host, Ben Adelberg. This is episode 226. Kicking off another week here at the back of the range that will bring you multiple episodes. Again, trying to get to that magic number of 250 before the end of the year. Special thanks to former guest and friend of the pod, Stuart Hagestad, for sending me a text this morning that read, you have lots of work to do to get to 250. Can't thank him enough for pointing out the obvious. My guests on this episode are the co-hosts of the Clubs and Corks Golf Podcast. Luke Taylor and Ben Curtis were kind enough to have me on their podcast as a guest to talk about the back of the range. So I wanted to make sure to return the favor and have them join me here on my podcast. How does a wine distributor in Ohio get linked up with the 2003 Open champion Ben Curtis? And then end up starting a podcast together. Definitely had to dive into that one. We spoke about what they're doing at Clubs and Corks, some of the guests that they've had on the podcast, like Jason Day, Jason Kokrak, Tom Doak. I also talked to Ben about his career, why he decided to retire from professional golf, what he's doing now, and I think Luke and I might have been able to convince him to play in at least one more Open Championship before he turned 60. Maybe. Make sure you check out the show notes of this episode. That's where I have links to Clubs and Corks, links to the back of the range. You can follow on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. So make sure you check out the show notes and leave a review in Apple Podcasts, not just for the back of the range, but also Clubs and Corks. I think you'll really enjoy that podcast. They have a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun in our conversation. Let's get to this episode. Luke, Ben, thanks so much for joining me here at the back of the range. How are you? Ben, thanks for having us on. We we really uh, look forward to this. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Uh, so, so Luke, you were rubbing your eyes. Are, are you overcome with emotion that you were a guest here at the back of the range? What Describe your feelings right now. Um, I, I really don't know how to describe them right now. Cool. Just All right. Back over, to you. Overjoyed with okay. excitement. Okay. Back to you, Ben. Uh, I see that you're going to be driving the driving force in this episode here. Um, he doesn't have his driver's license. Okay, perfect. So we have Luke Taylor, Ben Curtis. You guys are the co-hosts of Clubs and Corks Golf Podcast, available Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You also have a video compliment to this endeavor, which, uh, you know, uh, life's about choices, and I see what you've done there. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah I, we're definitely the odd couple uh, on the uh, on the uh, camera there. well they but, say uh, they say that the video the camera adds 10 pounds i don't know how you can add 10 more pounds to me so whatever <laughs> but uh yeah it's a lot of fun and uh we have a lot of great guests we had you on a few weeks ago and uh you know so it's been great well mm -hmm. i, I want to ask this question so you know let's let's just start off right here um you know how did you two meet and then I guess more importantly, Luke, what incriminating photographs or hidden camera footage do you have of Ben Curtis to the point where he <laughs> says, yeah, I'll, I'll do a podcast with you. I mean, how did this whole thing start? You know, we met over, uh, we met over wine. We have a mutual friend and, um, uh, Ben's a big wine lover. Like myself, I do it for a living, but well, I guess you do too. You've got your, uh, your wine label. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, obviously not. Yeah. Yeah, you like little white balls for a living. But um, so 
yeah, so we met and then I remember it was actually like November this time I was cleaning leaves because that's what we do in Ohio. We clean leaves like out of our gutters and stuff. Sure, so I don't sure. know if you guys have leaves where you come from, but uh, we have leaves. And um, I got this freaking brilliant idea and uh, I texted him. He's like, yeah, we'll talk about it. And the rest is history. So it's been uh, it's been interesting because he, he's very, you know, he's obviously been there, done that. Um He's won a couple of tournaments. He actually, you know, it's funny. I knew he won, obviously, the British Open and a couple other tournaments, but I didn't know how good he was as an amateur. Um, back, I knew he was good in college. Back to back Ohio yeah. uh, State Amateur Championships. Not that I do. Yeah, like, but you. Yeah. yeah, but he. But you were also a, a semifinalist in the USAM too, right? Ninety nine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Ninety nine. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. Who Who won that? By the way, Ben. I is that is that that Gossett? was. Uh, yeah, David got. He beat me in the semis too. Okay, and then so. and then did he? I can't remember who he beat. Was that that wasn't Wittenberg, was it? No, it was um, you know, an Asian kid. I can't think of his name. Oh, but so. don't you have to be from America? Why? Why can't you just? You should be from America to play in it. And I'm Canadian, so I can say that. Well, it's, I don't think you have to. No, because you can play the British. No, I could I go. Know. You know, when I was, you could play the Canadian AM. You could do all those. He beat Kim what? Sung Yoon uh, nine and eight. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, a, that's yeah. a that's a short day. That's yeah, a, it was quick. That's a short day. Barely twenty seven holes. That's a that's a that's a Stephen Ames Tiger Woods situation right there. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. that one was the best. Um, all right, so you you guys agree uh, to to kind of you know let's let's launch this now. You know, I've, you know, gosh, my, you're, you guys are, I think, around 40, 50 episodes. I'm a little bit ahead of you, but I, I have plenty of just moments where I'm like, oh, my God, what am I doing? Or, you know, the, the microphone clicks out. Or I've multiple times gotten the time zones confused with where I'm at. Yeah. Hey, Ben, that's my daily life. What the hell am I doing? I don't <laughs> okay. know about you. That's <laughs> okay. not just the podcast. But, but I've had that with, with like, you know, screwing up the time zone with my guest or the day I'm calling them like, man, they're not, I don't know why they're answering. And then I realize, Oh my God, uh, tomorrow we're supposed to be doing this. Um, <laughs> that's happened multiple times. We Do, haven't done that yet. You haven't done that. Okay. So no, we've had more issues with like zoom or over the, you know, getting the, uh, microphones working. We could hear them. They can't hear us. Okay. They just see yeah. us. We can't see them. Yeah, just ask Jason you know, what he says. Yeah, just. Oh yeah, give <laughs> me. You know, oh, okay, so you like had... there's minor things that you know. Okay, we only got an hour with this. Person. Or they froze. <laughs> this is like we're talking to yeah. them, and they're like they're just frozen, like yeah. Tom Doak. And oh, as you no. know, the whole time you're just thinking, I hope this records, right? <laughs> Ho hopefully, it, it picked it up. And every time we end one, and we hit the. Uh, download button or in the session, and we just hope that it it starts to download. But uh, unbelievable, it, it's a, it's a lot of fun, and you know it's um, it's really unique and different. You know, we had Jason Day looking at us for an hour, him and I texting back and forth, basically, you know, calling us every name in the book. And he's 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 like, I got up at five a.m. my time for this. Oh my you know, <laughs> he was out on the West Coast, but. Um, it, it's definitely fun and unique. Um, we try to add as much wine to it as we can. It seems like it always goes towards golf, but that's okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I want to talk more wine. He wants to talk more golf. So Luke, we've, we've talked some wine. Chris DeMarco, we talked about yeah, wine. We did, we did get Chris DeMarco to open well, up maybe if, Well, maybe if you get some guests like Retief Goosen and Ernie Ellis, get out your like Rolodex and, and that's get your wine business, wine. isn't it? Yeah, but you know them. <laughs> no, no. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know why you're looking at me. <laughs> but 
We're like I'm not blaming you. I'm just no, saying. I feel like a little bit of blame right now. No, but I'm just okay. saying how it. Did you piss off Candace this morning? You started to piss me off. <laughs> uh, but, you know, you know, it gets more towards God, which is fine, which is all good. But, um, yeah, but it connects you to what you what you did well in, right? I mean, it, you kind of enjoy that where, I mean, I see you gleam when you're starting to talk stories to whether it's Mike Weir or Ricky Elliott, your, your old caddy, who's Brooke Hepka's caddy now and different stuff like that. Chad Campbell. No. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's fine. I mean, you know, you know, you don't talk about it every day when you're home and somewhat, I guess, retired, but retired. you don't really talk about it. Right. You don't really sit around. Oh, you know, your wife and you don't like live, relive the glory days. Not really. Not too much. <laughs> wow. We got kids. You got, you know, we got teenage kids. So you, you got a lot of, which is a lot of fun. Yeah. How did, now Luke, I'll, I'll ask you first Sorry. and then Ben Could come you over to you. Again? My apologies. I couldn't hear what you said. Oh, my watch. Oh, his watch. <laughs> I'm like, like what? who's talking to me? Perfectly yeah, my watch. Cue. This is perfectly yeah. on cue. <laughs> Sorry. No, Sorry. you're good. You're good. It's, uh, um, yeah, how many major champions does it take to work an Apple Watch? Um, so, well, yeah, I hit the button. Yeah, I understand. Anyway, it's fine. Good job. L- Luke, how, how did you get into wine? I know this is, it, I, you know, you're, you're owner of a distributorship and and i know you do a lot of tours of of wineries in in sonoma and napa i mean this is really and also you're a a host of your own wine uh podcast uh you know cork and yeah. taylor so how did you actually get into into wine uh, i mean is there a is it more of a family um uh, you know family passion did someone get you in you know a relative how did you get into wine so my dad was a big wine collector and then he had some health issues. So I've never seen my dad drink, uh, when I'm 45 years old. Really? So, but I know he had some really phenomenal wines and he, my dad doesn't share much about anything. So he doesn't really talk, but one time he was telling me about it. And then also my grandfather used to distribute wine into the Caribbean in one of his businesses, imported wine. Um, but you know, I, I was big in tennis and basketball growing up and obviously tennis is such an international game. You've got, you play people from, you know, Spain and you have teammates from all over the world. And when I graduate college, uh, I went with my best friend, who's, uh, probably one of the top chefs in Toronto. Um, not probably he's one of the top chefs in Toronto and we you were the top eater in Toronto. I used to be skinny when I lived in Toronto. <laughs> thank you. Um, Mary, I had, sorry, I had to put that. Yeah, that's kind of hurtful. <laughs> see, see how he treats me. <clears throat> I always, I always wonder when we get his other caddy, Andy, um, cause I asked kind of, uh, Ricky, how he treated him. He said he was okay. So we'll see how this goes. But um, so we went to Europe for six weeks and, you know, I just got the itch and then became the men's tennis coach at DePaul in Chicago. And, you know, I was a regular at the wine shop, just trying different stuff. And and then um, owned a couple indoor tennis clubs and got out of it and started. To, actually, I was in television for three years, believe it or not, uh, television radio. So. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much uh, what I do for a living, I guess, supposedly. Mm-hmm. And play bad golf, and play bad golf, according to Ben. Well, and and Ben, you're traveling all over the world playing uh, playing on the PGA Tour, so I'm guessing it's pretty easy to figure out at some point after a round, you're you're sharing a dinner table with someone, and you know a bottle gets uh, opened up. But do you, do you remember maybe a couple players that got you into it, or you know maybe because wine to me is it's the moon, trying to discover and navigate. I would not know what color. Uh, you know, uh, you know what bottle of wine to order with what dish? It just what color? I see. I know. See, there you go. I have no idea. It was right? red or white? Oh, well, thank you. I right. mean, but that's what I'm saying. I I have no idea. So, 
how did you uh what are some of the guys on tour that got got you into it well it's funny because uh mostly it was my wife uh, um drinking she would have wine almost every meal i didn't drink a lot um early in my career but a lot of guys didn't right that's yeah. what you were saying and then but we you know had some good friends freddie jacobson and uh yeah. erica they were probably the two biggest they're our best friends and and uh, down in florida when we lived in jupiter we'd hang out with them and they'd always try to give me a drink wine and i would i'd have a couple sips or half a glass and just didn't really like it and then um but then candace kept pursuing it right she kept going at it drinking it every night <laughs> You know, when we're on the road, just we're, every night. not every night, but when we're out with friends, you know, you're on the road and, you know, she'd have a glass or two and you're just like, oh, so I kept trying it. And then finally, um, I just had a bottle. I'm like, oh, this is really good. And then it just exploded from there. And then later, my, John Rollins and I would, you know, hence why we I'm retired. He's still fighting, trying to play a little bit here and there. But um, he's, you know, we'd end up at the wine bar or at, you know some tasting room somewhere <laughs> some some restaurant because they had a really good list we end up there just because of the wine but uh you Is know that during the, the tournament or after you missed the cut uh, mostly all week yeah yeah you know so okay so um, i think so that was yeah we're figuring out what was the what, what caused the retirement i guess yeah. all, right, all right cool yeah well i mean yeah, it wasn't too bad it was pretty good i mean but, you know, I was pretty disciplined. I'd have, you know, maybe a glass or, you know, nothing where I felt like it would be detrimental to. Now, if I played bad, you know, that might have been a different score. <laughs> um, you know, you shoot a 75 or 6 and you know your game's not good. You're like, oh, I'll just have a few and see what happens. Yeah. But, um, and to be honest, it, you know, I was never that. It's still not. I mean, just a glass or two here and there. and. I don't go crazy, you know, every now and then, but uh, except for Wednesday nights, right? the headaches get worse and worse. Yeah. So I find myself drinking less and less. But we had Chris DeMarco recently and he was saying how much the seniors, like every time you see, like you see him in the clubhouse and they'd have dinner and stuff and they always have wine. Yeah. So it's more prevalent. It sounds like in the senior tour. Yeah. I mean, that's why, always... play, that's why you should play the senior tour. Four years, say, four and a half that, years. Is, is that why, I mean, that's gotta be why you're going to get your game sharp when you, but when yeah, you're whatever. 50, right? No, don't even, Ben, don't yeah. even waste your time. Well, I've I, tried. Yeah. It's, it's hopeless. <laughs> I've tried everything. More coffee and more wine. It just does your game really well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look at what Mike Weir's doing right now on the senior tour. Yeah. I drink wine with someone who's in town. Yeah. Just saying. Unbelievable. So, I mean, so Ben, you, you've, you know, you you guys were guests on my, you guys were guests on my podcast, and you know we spoke about you know the focus of what the back of the range is, which is you know amateur and collegiate golf. Right. You guys have a wide variety. You've had, like you said, you've had pros, you've had designers, uh, coaches, and Ben. I'm guessing that you've been asked every single question imaginable after a great round or a win or probably even a poor round. I mean, what, what's it like for you to actually be on this side of the table asking questions to? <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's got to be just like, oh my God, is the, the, I I sound like what those media people? Oh my gosh, I'm one of those now. I mean, is that does that run through your head at all? A little bit, yeah. You just like, you know, I'm sure as so many dumb questions. It's like, I don't think they're. Dumb. You know, I've got asked a lot of dumb questions. What were you thinking on that? Yeah, of well, course, I right. I wasn't thinking about hitting my six iron into the water and lose, you know, <laughs> making double, but right. it happened, you know. But you know, but you just. You know, try to be fair. Um, you know, I didn't have any 
situations where I felt like, you know, that was just awful, but, um, you know, but, you know, hopefully in return to, you know, my, the people that we're interviewing that we just keep it fun and, you know, we just want them to open up, talk a little bit about their life, their career and, and, you know, have some fun while we're doing it, but also ask some serious questions if we can. Um, but it, it, it is unique and it, you know, it's a lot harder than you think to come up with a question. Right. I mean, to make, you know, yeah. Yeah. See, see Luke's over here. He's got all the great questions. Right. But yeah, I think, I think he's more worried about what's coming out of my mouth than anything. No, I don't care. I mean, but you know, I don't, I don't want to say anything that's controversial. No, but we don't. But know. I mean, the thing, the thing, one of the reasons why I enjoy doing it with him is he's been there and done that. So, a lot of these guys are going to open up a little bit more than if it was you and I, you and I been doing it um, because they, they maybe have a history with them or they did a practice round or they played Ryder cup with them or, you know, or I know some of these guys that we've gotten personally. And it's, it's just, I think it's, he knows what they're going through, which not many people do. So I think right. it's, it's kind of unique and like, he's not going to ask a question that maybe he got 20 years ago. That was just a stupid question. Like, what right. were you thinking? I mean, you know, I mean, well, I, and like what Luke said, I really enjoyed, like we had Tom Doak, um, you know, Bob Loki, and, you know, we, you know, we had in yourself, we have guys that, nest, that aren't, weren't necessarily, you know, my playing partners or right. <laughs> my enemies and competitors. It was, you know, people outside of it that are, are doing different things, like what you're doing with junior golf, amateur golf. And, you know, that really intrigues me. You know, and like, you know, Boki with the wedges and and stuff he went through and the course designers. We've had a couple of them. Uh, Michael Hurston, a couple college coaches, you know, just asking questions. Like, caddies. Caddies. Like, what do you, you know, what's it like working for these guys or what's it like being a coach and who do you, what type of player are you looking for? You know, just, you know, that stuff really intrigues me, you know, more so. I, I mean, I know how Jason Day is going to hit an eight iron. Right. He's yeah. going to hit it high and far. Right. I mean, you, you know, but, you know, he's going to hit it somewhere around 160, 175, you know, somewhere in that range. And, uh, you know, so to me, that's not boring. But, you know, when we're asked, we're talking to, like you said, Chris DeMarco or getting them to talk about stuff off the course, which is kind of. And his wife joined us, too. She just jumped on the couch. with yeah. him and started right, Come talking. on in. We'll talk. Yeah. So that's a lot of fun and, and unique and different that I like. I had uh, I had Jimmy Walker's wife on the podcast, uh, and that um, was that was very very interesting. And I think there's yeah. one area uh, that I definitely would like to dive into a little bit more is having more wives, uh, girlfriends, whatever of PGA Tour players because that's a, that's a whole different uh maybe not at the same time maybe not the wife get and the wife, girlfriend get their wife and the girlfriend at the same maybe time that'd not, be fun that's, oh. maybe not that but, surprise uh, yeah <laughs> and our guest this week yeah uh, yeah no um i'm not I, gonna say it. i was gonna say somebody but i'm not gonna say it no probably shouldn't so no i no. but I, I think that would be very interesting because yeah that's a whole other world um just just dealing with now luke what, what kind of episodes is there a uh, bucket list or a uh, kind of a wish list of guests that you're that you would like to have on clubs and corks. You know what? To be honest with you, when we first started, maybe um, there's a couple. I mean, I'd love to have Rory Rory McIlroy. I'm a you know big fan of him. Ricky Fowler too, big fans of them. You know, I, really, I think every guest we've had has been unique. I mean, we've got some coming up. Um, you know that are we've got a coach 
that uh, is a fellow Canadian. I'm not going to say who it is because, well, can I, should I say it? Maybe not. Uh, Sean Foley. We got Sean Foley coming up uh, on our podcast. Nice. Um, and the funny thing with him is he's from my next, the next door neighbor, I guess the town beside mine growing up in Canada. And then we've got um, some other ones, just like the, the guy that brought uh, invented the Robert Trent Jones trail in Alabama. So uh, I'd love to have Ian Poulter just to talk shit yeah. and hear what he says. Um, uh, but yeah, I think we've got a good, I like the range of guests. I think it's also, you know, we try, it's funny. We tried to go to the, Memo- uh, the Memorial down in Columbus to get some interviews. And I think out of the 12 <laughs> guys been supposedly asked, uh, let's be honest, probably two, uh, but only one said yes. And he had like, what, a, like a 20 minute window, Chase Johnson. Yeah. I mean, they're just like, it's like we talked about in our podcast. It's just hard to get them. They're all over the place. Yeah. I mean, Zach Johnson said yes to us in February and we're in November yeah. and we still haven't got Zach Johnson. <laughs> Zach Johnson, if you're listening. Yeah. 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 Well, he called, he called me earlier. So uh, he knew I was going to have you guys on. So, uh, but now, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it is, it's, it's a challenge, but I mean, but Ben, like, you know, what it's like for these guys when they're on tour and they're moving around, there's so many people asking for their time. And just trying to, and you also, you like at least my perspective is you don't want to just try and get 20, 30 minutes because you know you don't have their attention. They're thinking about 30, 40 other different things. And, oh, by the way, they need to actually go play some good golf that day. So, yeah, it is a challenge to get them, especially during a tournament week. Yeah, I think, you know, when they're at home, they're going to relax a little bit. They have maybe a little bit more time. Um you know, like you said, when they're on the road, they're at the memorial, for example, or something. They're thinking about, okay, I got, I got to meet my coach in twenty minutes, or you know, I got a practice round, or I got, you know, dinner plans, or or like whatever. Or like Jason Kokrak, he didn't want to leave. Yeah, but remember I when mean, he was off season? Yeah. <laughs> they had to like literally kick him out of the. Uh... Yeah, yeah, but like so, it's what it's saying. You get them, you you know, you get them off week, and they got the time and and the energy to put into it. We just got to figure out which they're off week is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I know. That's it's. Uh, yeah, I, I can't tell you how many times I've checked. Uh, basically, checked the tee sheet of a PGA Tour event. I'm like, shit. No, he's working this week. All right, we'll try again yeah. next week. <laughs> All the time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think. Yeah. But that's. I mean, I think that would be like with anything, right? Like we had a couple guests that you know they just like designers or you know teachers and coaches, right? You know, and it's you just got to find that time. Um, it's, it's no different, you know, you, you know, for those guys, you want them when they're home or in their office. Right. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, but cool. then they're getting, get pulled a hundred ways too. So well, remember how tough it was to get Ricky Elliott yeah, because of just his demands mm-hmm. with, you know, working Yeah, and the same with Sean Foley. He's like, well, I've got to go to Mexico this week. It must be your nice. Yeah. <laughs> what, uh, now I know something that obviously Ben, you're, you're most known for winning the O three open championship at Royal St. George's. And I, I have a couple questions, uh, to, to ask you about that. But, uh, Luke, I, I know that you guys do, I guess, you know, uh, outings where you bring the claret jug. I think you've done, you know, further explain what you've done. I know it's kind of like a, a wine and, and maybe a Q and a session. Talk to me about some of those sessions that you've done. And then Luke, I guess my question is, you know, you're around Ben all the time. You've seen the claret jug, I'm guessing, numerous times. It's probably I'm touching the, it. I'm I'm touching it right now. There you go. <laughs> so I guess when you see the look on other people's faces when they meet Ben for the first time or see the claret jug for the first time, to you, you're I mean, it's it's old hat, but 
it must be for you and obviously for Ben, but, but for you, that's gotta be pretty interesting to see when just, you know, casual golf fans or just random people get to hold or, or have their picture taken with the Clara jug. I'd wish the random fans would hold me, but whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know what? It's really cool. I mean, I remember, um, Ben has, a Ben and his wife have the Ben Curtis family foundation. They did a, uh, what was it? Like a British open watch party. Yeah. That was fun. My, yeah. my wife, Melissa and I went, and uh, we're, we're, you know, we've gone out, uh, the four of us for dinner and stuff like that. And it was the first time Melissa saw and Melissa's like, she wanted a photo with the three of us in the Claire Jug. I'm like, I, I don't want to take a photo with Ben Curtis in the Claire Jug. <laughs> She's like, come on, come on. And then he signed it too. I'm like, oh, all right, whatever. But um, I think it's really neat. And, you know, Ben is real quiet. Um, it's, it's, she's just quiet, but just a good dude. And I think it's, you know, I mean, this is a real deal to Claire Jug. I mean, you look at it and you see all the names and, um, it's really remarkable, but, uh, yeah, we were supposed to have one this past week, but, uh, due to, uh, some health issues and scares, um, we we're going to reschedule in February. So kind of the concept is we do a live podcast, uh, and then we do probably like a 35, 45 minutes, just him and I bantering and then bring the Clara jug and it just sits and sits there and, and people can obviously take photos and stuff after, but then we do a question and answer. It's just real live. We will have a couple uh, probably a couple of country clubs we uh, I sell wine to and we know real well and, and uh, a brewery, a sibling revelry brewery. So yeah, it's fun. It's fun. People like it. People like seeing them. People like seeing the champ and the chump. I sometimes think they like the trophy more than me. Yeah, but I do. I, I, I like you most days. <laughs> Bernice doesn't talk back to me. I, I mean, so. it is the most, I guess it's the most portable. It has to be. It's the most, I mean, I guess the, the green jacket, but you really technically well, you don't get right exactly. you don't get the green jacket right, after a year they take it back exactly ask Sadecki about that when he looked like he lost his puppy when i told him that yeah i mean i guess unless you're gary player i think he has one of them in in south africa i believe but um it, i mean it's the most portable major championship trophy in history i mean this is the one that it's you mean can't take the Wanamaker anywhere without getting. Yo, can you imagine? You can you imagine taking the Wanamaker? I was around, like having it in the back of our set. I We'd mean, have to have a twice as big ledge. Yeah. I mean, this this is. I mean, if you got to pick one to win, I, I'm guessing for a lifetime, this is the one. It's, I, it's cheaper than the Wanamaker. Well, yes, less less silver. <laughs> what, did but, you, what did you call it before the Claire Jug? Before we called it Bernice, or I called it Bernice. It was the Jug. Yeah, I know um, the Bernice, but. Uh, yeah, it's you know the, of all the four that you can the, the majors, it's probably the most known other than Augusta. Yeah. I mean, those two are right there, um, and you know the trophy is very historic, it's the oldest tournament golf too. So I think there's you, you know you got it's got a lot going for it. You know, um, it's other than the Masters, it's probably, probably the most watched event of this of the year um, worldwide, not just U.S. I'm talking worldwide. So. Um, yeah, so yeah, it's just so unique and different. Um, you know, like you say, the Wanamaker and US Open trophy almost look the same in yeah, a lot of ways because they're so big, they're oh, yeah. just big, you know. And this just kind of it's the right size, I think it has the you know, the you know, it's the right size, it's very it's easy to get around, right? right? Yeah, it's the right size, it's got a really cool look to it, you know. And Augusta, obviously, with the green jacket, you know, it kind of stands out as well. How, how did, I know that phrase, you know, that comes out every time, you know, someone wins a major, you know, or even a PJ Tour event, you know, it's the well-used phrase of, oh, their life is going to change overnight. And 
I'm guessing that really that happened with you. And, you know, once all the parties subside and the appearances and the, the demands on your time at some point, you know, back in 04, 05, you know, you, you got to kind of put that jug back on the shelf and get to work because, you know, still it's it is a job. And, you know, I know you had a couple lean years right after the win. Everyone talks about all the great things that happen after you win a major, you get the exemptions and, yeah. and all that, you know, the money and the endorsements, and all that stuff. But like, what were those two years like for you after winning the Open? Um, how challenging was the were those two years? Because it's not like you forgot how to play golf. You just won a major right. champion. It's not like you know what. What were those two years like as for someone that has no idea, you know, on the inner <laughs> workings of you know winning a major and and it was a big blur to be honest okay. with you. Um, <laughs> it, it went by so fast, and there was so much going on, traveling the world, playing in all these different places, and you know. Um, never really had time to really sit back and, you know, kind of reminisce and, and reflect. It was kind of like just on the go for two straight years. Um, but that comes with the territory. Like that was something that I wasn't used to yet or hadn't been a part of. So um, that was definitely something to get used to. But, um, you know, just for example, like, you know, the next event that I played was the Buick Open up in Michigan. And I hadn't touched a club um, since the open. And I show up on Wednesday morning to play in the Pro-Am. Um, so I hadn't touched a club. I get out there and play. And I actually played really well on Thursday. I had the lead after, like, I shot five under or something. Didn't have the lead, but it was close. And then it was just kind of, it all caught up to me right there. <laughs> you know, I tired it. You know, I was in New York for three days and D.C. for two and, you know, between the events and, you know, trying to come home and, and see the family and that it was just, you know, so that was just the first couple of weeks. And then, it, you know, obviously being around here, you know, in a small town, you know, it's, you know, everywhere you went, just trying to go get groceries or, oh, get, yeah. you know, going out to eat, you know, it was kind of a challenge and, and, um, you know, it's just, it's difficult, right? If you're not used to it. Um, I always tell people, I wish I would have won a, a, another event before uh, that, but obviously, you know, you can't be choosers, <laughs> right? So, um, you know, and it just took a couple of years to really get used to it and um, just dealing with, you know, the week, you know, before, you know, I showed up at the, even like the open, for example, show up. I just played my practice round, did a couple interviews here and there, but nothing too dramatic to all of a sudden now you got a, a press conference every week <laughs> you got all these other interviews that you need to do or or getting asked to do um and then you got sponsor stuff that comes up you know at the event that, you know that, you know dinners and to uh all, all, other all functions things, all things all that, th that will yeah. adversely affect your ability to do what you just did the previous week right yeah, so it, it just takes a while to get used to it. And then, you know, you hear the rumblings and, you know, you just, you know, you finally just have to kind of put that behind you and say, you know, her page, my golf, he just kind of said, you know what, just just be bankers. Don't don't worry about trying to be somebody that you're not. And, you know, and that's, you know, what I try to tell all the, with the academy, at least, too, is that's what I try to tell the kids, you know, you're not me. Don't try to be me. Be you, you know, and, and uh, you know, know what your strengths and weaknesses are. And I think, you know, over the long period of the time, the tour 
you know, the guys are so good that your weaknesses will really show up, right? And your strengths will be out there as well. But you really notice where your your weaknesses are in your game. And, and so, you know, I hadn't had that. I only had 15 tournaments or so under my belt before that. So there wasn't crazy. a lot of data. So you know, there wasn't a lot of data out there, so to speak, to really figure out where where my weaknesses was compared to everybody else, right, that's out there. And, you know, you want to course of a couple of years to really figure it out okay where what can i do to improve and so there was a little bit of that as well yeah I, i'm kind of like linking back and kind of thinking about that you know you came out i think you were what 24 when you won the open 20 26 26 yeah. year old and i'm just kind of thinking that it's it's almost reminiscent to what it is today with these young guys coming up and winning immediately i mean this is kind of a you know, I mean, yeah. I'm sure you get your name thrown into a conversation with Morikawa all the time. You guys at that age, just, you know, when it, <laughs> yeah. see, see what I did there? The yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've never heard that before. Well, you he heard it here. I'm being serious, actually. <laughs> but no, I'm just I'm just thinking about it. Like, you know, there's no, there's just none of that. I guess there's just none of that scar tissue and none of the, I mean, you just go in like, yeah, it's another tournament. Oh, by the way, I, I, I just won the end. How about that? So that works out real nice. <laughs> Well, your caddy, your caddy didn't even know who you were before the tournament, right? The British Open. Well, he was an English caddy, and you know, I wasn't well known on the tour. Like it doesn't matter. Like like you were mentioning before, where you know, it was ranked really high at amateur golf. You know, coming into when I turned pro, but that doesn't. After a year, no one knows who that is. You know who that was. They just maybe know who it is now, or who's the number one player is at the time, but. Um, yeah, so you kind of get lost in the shuffle a little bit. And, you know, obviously, European, he was a European caddy, so he's not going to be paying attention to what's going on in the amateur golf in, in the U.S. <laughs> I you know? he was, I was paying <laughs> so, attention afterwards when the when it's he, time to, to yeah, play oh, caddy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He yeah. Pro, his old caddy, Andy, probably doesn't listen to the back of the range. Oh, well, come on now. He, doesn't, sure. he probably doesn't listen to anything golf. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest. Yeah, that's probably true. Luke if, you had, Luke, if you had your chance to have a media credential, credential for the 03 Open Championship or the 08 Ryder Cup, and you were assigned to a, a young Ben Curtis, uh, which which one would you rather be at? You only can pick one, but but you get to cover one of those events. Well, I don't think they would let, let me back into England, so that would be out. I, I, and then Kentucky, yeah, maybe. Uh, uh, British Open. I mean, my mom's from England. Yeah, my mom's from England. So, I mean, that's uh, – and I've got a whole bunch of family over there. I mean, when I was growing up in Canada, to me – the the open is everything i mean yeah. it's bigger than the masters it's bigger than the pga i mean like if ben won and, and like the masters or the pga of the u.s open we probably wouldn't be doing this podcast let's be honest <laughs> just saying wow throwing it out there that's that's, a, that's strong words i well, I, yeah. just, yeah. I i would have picked i mean i love the open championship and i've been to, i've been to scotland and um you know played carnoustie played the old course i i would love to be there for that i'm actually really excited to be going to the walker cup in 23 at the old course i i can't wait for yeah. that but but yeah I, I was supposed i was supposed to go to the british open next year with ben but he's not going now ben now ben you you get to just sort it out there <laughs> Ben, you get to play am i correct i believe this is correct you can play in any open championship as a past champion i believe till the age of 60 is that correct yeah that is correct 15 more years yeah. so i mean uh, you know yeah. not to put you on the spot but is it is it no 
it's not in the realm of possibility as as of right now or as of now but do you want me to answer it or him i can tell you it's yeah like uh, luke yeah luke, it's a 98 percent no two percent yes it used to be 4.1 percent, but it's dropping by the day i told him he needs to go just so because liam's becoming a real good player liam's a freshman his uh oldest child and only son freshman in high school i'm like he needs to see that like he needs to experience from your angle and who cares if you shoot an 86 i'll still cheer for you if you let me, it's not okay. let me go. So, so Ben, I mean, I know. this, this I know. seems not not to pile on, but this seems like a very lucid uh, a, a concept here. You know, go play a major championship so your son could be on the bag for you. Um, no, no, I'm on the bag. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, now I understand why you don't want to do it. That's now, why. That's oh, why. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I no. I thought we were going with like a uh, like a Marco Mira kind of thing him. or a uh, you know a um, a Lee Liam West wouldn't carry your bag. Would he? I'm gonna I'm gonna just text Luke on like Thursday morning the open. Oh, by the way, I'm teeing off in five minutes. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> you know I'll be that there. would I be. Run, I won't. I won't even let you know. Just I will run the, to you like that, that last piece of cake in the fridge. That, I will get there. That would yeah. be great. Just smuggle yourself out of the country and uh, just uh, you know hop on a PJ just uh, in in the dark of night and then. You know, uh, you know, I could. Oh, that'd be so great! Luke's just tuning in, watching it, and then all of a sudden it, they hear now game thirty-eight. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he's like, "What the on f-? the tee? On the tee? Would would, would, Liam, USA. would Liam would Liam caddy for you though? Would he carry your bag? Oh yeah. Do you think he he'd carry for eighteen holes without complaining? Oh yeah. Yeah, he would. Yeah, yeah. As long as you feed him, that oh, boy yeah. likes to eat. He's yeah. tiny. Yeah. That boy, that boy eats more than me. He does. Eat he's a lot. He's getting his foundation, the the Clara Jug or the British Open brunch. I mean, this kid went up for like six servings. He's a hoss. So so it sounds to me that there is a legitimate possibility if your son caddied for you would do it. I mean, I I, I mean. Yeah, I think still a year or two away yet. Uh, You heard it here in the back of the range. You know, and his college coach, Herbie Page. You got to get him on the podcast. He's a who. He's trying to work on him. He he told me, didn't he already like buy his. Like he's got his hotel reserved for next year. Or yeah, something crazy. <laughs> he probably does. He's probably yeah. Canadian. Yeah. So, so Ben, I mean, you know, just to kind of add on this, I, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that that Luke is okay being the second banana on this episode. But Luke, well, Luke, shit, I don't care. Uh, well, Luke, when you win a major championship, we'll start piling on the questions towards you. But who I mean, says I haven't? Um, I win a major championship in life every day. I've got twenty of them. Oh my God. <laughs> anyway, so, um, you know, Ben you see a lot of guys that are still on tour in their forties and, and some of them actually dropped down to, to the corn Ferry tour. You know, what kind of sparked your decision to kind of, um, to, to retire from competitive golf, go in a different direction. I mean, I'm sure the foundation and you know, the Academy I can't, and also the podcast, I'm guessing everything keeps you incredibly busy, but was there kind of a thought process of like, you know, I, I think this is the direction I want to go. I, I just don't want to do this anymore. You know, what, what kind of was that process? It, it was a long process. It was a couple of years, to be honest. And, you know, a lot of bad golf really, <laughs> really made the decision pretty easy. But when you're out there, you're spending way more than you're ever making. Um, as a anybody with the right mind will know that the best decision would be to walk away. But it, it took a while. I mean, it's hard. I mean, that's all I've known. That's right. all I've done. And, it, you know, you, you, you know, the biggest thing for me, I mean, was the kids, the family, and then also just like I came home, I maybe have two weeks known my next event, I would hardly practice, you know, and if I did, I didn't put 
hundred percent into it. I was only putting a quarter, <laughs> you know, 25% of my effort into it. I have all full intentions to go do what I needed to do. And then I get there and just, you know, the love or whatever of playing and practicing and just kind of fell off. And so, you know, if you're not willing to, to practice the eight, six, 10 footers that you need to, and, you know, the short game and, you know, all the hitting and stuff, wedge game, if you don't, if you're not willing to do that, then, you know, you're going to see it on the, on the competition. Now the competition part of it, it's still luck, right? I mean, it's still, even when I was playing bad, I was still up to go play, but you know, it, it just when you don't prepare and you, playing the courses and against that competition you're not going to do well i think it's i think it's also i've been into a couple uh champions tour events and yeah they're the huge names you know there's the longers and the you know freddie and now furick and obviously now mickelson you see these guys uh very competitive but then i've also seen a lot of guys i'm not going to mention their names but i've just seen them you know on the putting green or on the range or obviously even playing and I can't honestly say that it looks like they're having a whole hell of a lot of fun. I mean, it yeah. <laughs> almost looks like they're there because I I don't know how to do anything else. And this is still a job. I can't retire. And I, I look at that. I was like, man, I, I, I don't think that looks like too much fun. And and I guess people on the outside keep forgetting that it is a job. I mean, it, I mean, it, it's a job. Not every single player that goes in and plays in the PGA tour is, has the goal of I want to be the number right. one player in the world and win multiple majors. You know, there's as you can tell, right? You go out there, you can see the guys that you could just see it on their face, the way they're walking, the way they're doing things. But yeah, you're right. It is it's the probably the hardest thing because they've been playing professional golf for 30, 40 years at that point, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so what what uh, they don't know anything else or know anything different. And it's a hard thing to walk away from. You know, knowing that they're still really, really good at what they do, right? It's not. Like, yeah, I mean, it's it's not like they're just uh, a seven handicap, right? I mean, no, these guys could play good at any given moment, and they're still really good. The top, you know, I I call it top point two five percent of the world golf. You know, as much you know, you know, they're so good at what they do, but yet you're talking one shot here or there. And each round can make a difference, you know, on the PJ tour it can make a difference of five million dollars difference in earnings. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's it's crazy. It's truth. Yeah, like so. like the two hundredth ranked player on the PGA tour is going to be looking for uh, a way to get back on to the tour because they're going to lose their card. I mean, number right. two. I mean, that's it's crazy. Luke, what's been one of the most interesting things you've learned since doing the clubs and corks podcast? As someone that it doesn't have the the necessarily the, the history with the PGA Tour that Ben does, um, I mean this is kind of I mean all seriousness, this got to be an absolutely incredible experience to be to talking to these players and sitting next to Ben and, and learning, you know, just different things from inside the ropes. What's been something that you've learned uh, throughout doing this podcast? You know, I played high levels of tennis and basketball, so um, to me. Um, I, I don't think I've ever been starstruck yet. Um, you know, I think it's, they're all humans and I, I just think it's, it's amazing just learning more about the demands. Like he says, like yeah. be times where, I mean, I had buddies that were successful in the ATP tour, uh, tennis. And I mean, they wouldn't be home for six, seven, eight weeks. Um, so I think that's really the most interesting, um, part of it all. Um, 
and just how people are, are just, uh, real honest and, um, you know, and, and just real, I guess. And how many Canadians are influencing the PGA tour? That's what I like about it. <laughs> Let's be honest. They're, we're everywhere. We're everywhere. We're every. He's holding me back. Like, this is what annoys me about him. Let me tell you about him. We got to have Corey Connors and Mackenzie Hughes. What's up with that? Have you ever had them on the back of the range? You know, I actually did get Corey Connors' uh, cell number and was oh. texting him and was trying to have him on, and it just it for some other for some reason it just kind of fell through. We had it set up, it didn't happen, and then like literally a couple weeks after, he he, wins. Uh, he I don't know if he wins, but he all of a sudden he's off to the races, and yeah. that was the end of that. And um just couldn't haven't been able to get back in touch with him but yeah i i he's he's just gone um he, he's just had a huge rise and i think gosh he shot what did he shoot the other day at rsm he shot something really low and i think i saw a yeah. stat where he he shot like 62 and didn't make a putt within eight feet or five i mean it was some or like didn't make a putt outside of eight feet and still shot 62 is some crazy stat basically what i'm saying is he was just knocking flags down the entire day but um yeah uh, incredible yes i was very close but ultimately did not have him but i i am going to have um nick flanagan uh on on the podcast very soon former u.s amateur uh, champion from australia is that close enough is he from kent state (laughs) No, he's not from Kent no. State. You know what I love? I, you know what I'm talking about? <clears throat> which the major? You know what I love is I feel like I always ask him if they played in college why he didn't go to Kent State. I think Ben likes that when I ask that oh question. No, oh, yeah, I always do. Who did I? Who did I recently? Uh, Chris DeMarco. Yeah. No, it wasn't Chris DeMarco. No, Brittany Lithicum. I asked her why she didn't go to Kent State. She just laughed. She laughed a lot. She, she didn't. She didn't play in college. No. She went right to pro. Yeah. She did. She just went 17 or 18. Boom. Joined the. The LPGA tour. She qualified right away, so she's one of the phenoms, you know, yeah. one of the <laughs> Rory's. And oh yeah, they, they were they were too good for college. Yeah. So I or they, uh, could, or they couldn't get in. I <laughs> want to get you guys out of here with a, a a couple questions at the end that they're kind of the fun quick hit questions that you guys gave me. But I definitely want to um, ask one final thing to you, Ben, about the uh, the 08 Ryder Cup. I know that that was really the launch of the pod system. I know Azinger has received a lot of uh, uh, praise for kind of restructuring how we think of a U.S. Ryder Cup team. Um, during that process, during that week, did it hit you that, Okay, this is going to be a thing that is going to be talked about for years and years. That you know, it seems like every Ryder Cup that is mentioned, that's really kind of a keystone of when things change, so to speak. Um, you know, did that register with you during that that time, or was that week again just like a blur? And all of a sudden, at the end, you guys are holding the trophy. Well, it wasn't such a blur. I mean, it is a crazy week, so there's yeah. a lot of stuff that kind of gets pushed uh back to the memory but i do remember getting asked even leading up to it because he was very open about it and it wasn't like a secret and i remember we get kept getting asked questions and stuff like that but did did we think like it could have went the other way right if we would have lost oh, it would have been like yeah right he's a cra- why, he's a why was he even he's a thinking that yeah so you know during that time you weren't thinking about okay is this the future right so to speak but uh you know, and obviously not having Tiger there it was the first time, and you know since he's been on tour, 
that he wasn't involved. So it was uh, definitely a lot different. And, you know, the pressure, I would say, was kind of off of us. And that's, but a lot of that, that was the great part about Paul, right? You know, he, he took that, we took that underdog role. And so to speak, so he pushed that all week. But, you know, the pod thing was a, it was a great idea because, you know, for newcomers like myself, it, it made you feel at ease. Right. And even though I qualified and, you know, we're, he was a couple weeks later going to have his picks and he was talking to all of us, like, who do you like, who do you want in your pod? And, um, you know, who do you feel comfortable with? And, you know, with, you know, here's my list, so to speak. And, and so, so he made everybody feel part of the team. It wasn't like anyone felt like they didn't have influence into what was going on, even during like, okay, how's your game? You know, do you feel more comfortable in this format? You know, is it better ball or, <laughs> you know, or alternate shot? You know, what do you feel better with? And, uh, and so, you know, so, you, you know, I think that was the biggest thing with him. And plus, you could see he had the passion, too. Right. So <laughs> I think, you know, just like Stricker does or did, but just in a little bit different way, maybe yeah. not as as, as uh, raw, raw as Azinger was. And, um, you know, Azinger was very outgoing, very, you know, he wasn't he was out in cameras all the time. He wasn't afraid to say things to get the crowd behind us stricker was a little, you know, he's a little more subdued, but that's just his personality. So, um, so that, that was so fun to be a part of, you know, the night before the matches start, it's like 11 o'clock and we're getting ready to go to sleep and boom, Azinger knocks on the door and said, Hey, downstairs in five minutes. And off we go down to finish up this concert, do a little pep rally for 10 Oh, that's minutes. right. And that's right. You guys had to go uh, downtown for yeah. the sixth man, for the uh, 13th man. I remember that. Right. And then, so we marched down there from the hotel and marched back and went back to bed, got like four or five hours of sleep and <laughs> up we went. So it wasn't too bad for me because I played in the afternoon. So there you go. <laughs> I didn't have to leave at 6 a.m. like uh, Chad and Stewart and our pod did. So Stricker and I were able to sleep in a little bit, but, uh, you know, we left at like eight o'clock or something. So went too bad. Luke, we're going to add, or we're going to kind of finish out this episode <laughs> with, uh, with some of these fun questions. You guys threw some, some, uh, challenging questions at me when I was a guest on, on your podcast clubs and corks, but I definitely want to, uh, I'm going to make it a little bit easier on, on you guys. So, um, Luke, we'll start with you. Who has been your least favorite guest on Clubs and Corks? You. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm not doing that. To no, you. you. No. What has been? Uh, what's been your favorite episodes thus far? Uh, yikes! That's I don't. <clears throat> I would probably say Jason Day was one of them. Um, Ricky Elliott, just because those were our first two, and just Ricky caddied for Ben, so it's kind of really funny stories. I think all of them have been, I've enjoyed all of them, to be honest with you. I'd, I'd interview any of them again. The, the Maybe my least favorite, honestly, was uh, Hal Irwin. Hal Irwin. <laughs> can't oh, my God. Right. I can't, I can't see his name right. You know what it is? I get, I get confused with Hal Sutton. Hal Irwin. They're, I mean, he we had some funny stories with him. Like, I asked him, who's the one player he wanted to tackle? And he's like, he didn't know who had the answer. He's like, I've never been asked that before. But he was a good football player in college. Yeah. Ben, uh, what uh, obviously you got a lot of names and numbers in in your your Rolodex as as Luke No, said. he doesn't. All right, no, so 
All right, try not to step on the question here, Luke. So, um, what, uh, Ben, what is the one guest that if you pick up the phone, you're going to be a little bit nervous to, to ask that person to be a guest of the Ooh. podcast? What's the one that you're, you're going to be like, all right, I, I got this guy's number. All I got to do is call and ask, but, oh, I, I, is it somebody that's in my phone book now? Um, it, or, could, it could be or, in your phone or book, just, or just just you know you can get the number. You know that you're able. To, uh, you, you could do the ask. You, I think, and you interviewed him because I remember when we had the conversation. But like Nicholas, okay. you know, obviously, um, you know, I didn't. I knew him a little bit just because of the Bears Club and being from Ohio and, and Memorial and stuff like that. But right. to to sit down and do a, a conversation with him like that would be ooh, that'd be pretty nerve wracking, right? I mean. <laughs> the best player of all time and can you imagine, can you imagine my intro yeah <laughs> i can that, I, I would there's be no I'd be like luke I, yeah, we're doing gonna, the intro jack on nicholas. our own i'll just say jack without him, we'll just say hey we have jack nicholas with us i'll do the intro later at a like you just doing ben right yeah. <laughs> like i'll do it later and we'll move on and just get right into the interview but yeah somebody like him i mean obviously if you know you know bush was a big golfer and uh you know somebody like that, but that obviously he he's not coming on the show. But why not? I mean, if if you had somebody like that, or you know, the commissioners of the tours, you know, those would be kind of nerve wracking. But there's there's nobody that's that makes you feel too uncomfortable. It's just nerves, you know, in a good way a lot of time. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I'll ask this one to both of you. Uh, you have the opportunity to go on location, clubs and corks on location. Uh, and yes, you need to bring the claret jug with you. But any place in the world you can go for just set up camp for a week and do episodes, where would you take clubs and corks on location? I'm, I'm going to answer for Ben, Napa Valley. Yeah. Really? Right? Okay. That's pretty. That's pretty. You don't. Do yeah. you really want to go to a golf? Do you really want to go to a golf tournament for a week? Honestly, you don't. No, I, I, I mean I could sit at like Pebble and do it. Not golf week, like you know, right. not during a tournament. But yeah. you know, if you were setting up one, one of the rooms overlooking eighteen at Pebble would be pretty good. Just yeah. sitting on the balcony to interview people. Yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be kind of nice too. We try or, or the. I think we'll try to go to the Fortnite one of these days. Take the vibes and. Do, is that the apple yeah, one? Yeah, that's the. I think that'd be pretty. That'd be right. Yeah, that was his. Mine would probably or, be Masters because I've never been, or the British Open, which I still haven't been to. Thanks, Ben. Wow, you can go. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> go. Ben might you. be able to get you a ticket too. Ben no, might Ryder be able to get Cup. you tickets. No, 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 no. Ryder Cup, and we're gonna. He promised he'd do this for four more years so he can get the media pass. Oh, he said, don't want the Ryder Cup. Okay, I'll pass it on. Take the Masters. The Masters. Or the British Open. Okay. All right. Speaking of the Masters, um, this one is to both of you. Um, this is one of the old, old questions that I used to have at the during the quick bucket back in the early uh, early episodes. I would ask this one. Actually, I had to change it because he went ahead and did win the fifth green jacket. But uh, Jack in 86 or Tiger's fifth green jacket, what is the more substantial victory? Exactly. Yeah, Jack, I think Jack. 86 tiger hadn't played for like years yeah but he tiger was only 40 how old was jack nicholas jack Jack was 46 and tiger was 40 but the thing about jack he was like six shots back right and he was playing with person and woods wasn't he who we talked about 86 he was playing with um uh 
gosh, who was he? Was playing? he playing with Persman or no? No, he was. Sevy. No, it wasn't Sevy. It was. Oh darn it! Now how do I not? Oh, eighty-six. Eight, but he was. But he was. It wasn't not, Irwin, was it? No, but he was. He was several shots back. Correct. Yeah, he shot thirty on the Tiger board. was right there in the hunt if he didn't have the lead. He wasn't like come storming back, but just just what he did on those lat was it uh, back nine was pretty incredible. Yeah, I want my opinion. I want to say he was playing with Sandy Lyle, but I'm having a little bit of a brain uh, brain fart on that one right now. Yeah, me too. Um, final question: uh, You can give a major championship to anyone in history, alive or dead. Man or woman, you can give a major championship. Ben, you already have one, so you, you can keep yours. But um, you can give a major championship to anyone. Who would you give it to? G- give one. Give one. Like physically give. Well, like, no, well, you, you won no, you, you won this. or you, you put, Well, you put it on their record. I mean, it's not like they just get it. It's unofficial. I'm saying anyone in history, you know, do, do you want to give uh, – you know, do you want to give Spieth the the PGA to to clean up the slam? Do you want to give Rory the, the Masters to to clean up the slam? Do you want to give, you know, Arnie uh, the uh-huh. U.S. Open? You know, something like that. You know, who would you? And you can't pick those three because I just made it easy for you. So, right. Well, I I, w- I would have taken Rory to be honest. With okay, you, so you want to give whatever. Rory the Masters? Yeah. Wow, that's a. I you know that's a great question. I think I give it to Freddie Jacobson or John Rollins just. Because they're buddies. Our buddies. Yeah. yeah. And, and they, they were had, close. Yeah. And they didn't win a major and they, you know, um, had a good chance to. So I, I'd probably say one of those two guys. You Maybe know, we'll I, challenge him who texts me first. That's who <laughs> I would give it to. You do that. But, yeah. So hopefully, funny. well, hey, see who listens to this podcast. So see if any of them listen. John Rollins might. <laughs> Freddie probably. You know, I'll, I'll give you a master's. I want to give Ben Curtis a master's. I think that'd be cool. Wow, boy. I'll tell yeah. you see? what. This is a guy that wants to go to a Ryder Cup. I just gave him the middle finger. What? No. No, I don't, want, no, I, you know, I don't need it. I don't, I don't uh, ask him for anything. You, you'd be surprised. I don't ask him to get me on courses or anything. I don't. Like, it, it is what it is. But I, I think it would be cool to to see because then he could like just wear his green jacket and we could have Bernice in the back. That'd be kind of fun. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So there talk to so we're gonna get you guys out of here. Talk to me a little bit more about clubs and corks. What's uh, kind of the plan for the rest of the year? There is no off season in the uh, in the podcast game. So what uh, what are the kind of things <laughs> you're for yourself? <laughs> well, <laughs> at least for me, there's not. I don't know about you guys, but yeah. no. But what are you guys looking for the rest of the year? And uh, maybe some of the things you have lined up, goals for, for 2022. Um, you know, talk to me a little bit more about, you know, what you guys have going on. And then also let my listeners know exactly how to uh, listen to your podcast. I know you have a Patreon uh, comment. You know, talk to me a little bit about what uh, what goes on there. Um, so, go, go ahead. Uh, so, kind of the goals is just to finish up. Uh, we've got a couple episodes already uh filmed or recorded uh probably this off season get some more of the current pga tour pros i would think because it's probably be a little bit easier uh just keep it going every week um you can listen to on all the podcasts obviously platforms apple Podcasts, spotify uh subscribe rate and review right as as ben says thumbs up yeah ben puts it something youtube <laughs> we got the youtube the youtube channel um then we have the patreon site which uh we've got some neat stuff we're going to put in I keep telling them, Ben, we got to get some tips on there. They don't want tips from me. They want tips from you. So we've got that. And that's growing slowly but surely. But uh, probably just keep it going and yeah, know, I think, having fun with it. You know, just see what 
wide range of guests we can get. I think that's the fun part, right? Talking to people that all walks of life and within the golf industry or even wine lovers that are right. into golf, you know, just, you know, exploring that and just, I think that's the fun part and just mm-hmm. talking to everybody different, differently. And, um, you know, like when we had you on there, right. You know, I didn't really know much about what you were doing and now he you, still doesn't No, now that I do. And I think it's, <laughs> it's really cool. Right. right. I mean, it's, you, you can see where amateur golf and junior golf is gone, right. It's, it's much more visible yeah. thanks to people like you and, and what you do. And I think it's really cool. Uh, um, that, that, you know, just talking to all these different guests and, and stuff. So that's, that's what I like. And I think, you know, just keep building on it and just trying to keep it fresh and, you know, try to be as relevant as we can with, with the events, you know, around the majors, we kind of try to do some stuff regards to the, those tournaments, uh, maybe do like a little preview where we kind of give our thoughts on the, on <laughs> and banter and kind of like, Oh, who do we think is going to win? And yeah. who do we have a chance? So that's kind of fun, you know, and, stuff like that awesome luke i'm gonna give you the last word before we sign off tell me uh tell me again what uh well what wine should i all right perfect way to end this we've talked a lot about golf (laughs) what um i I need to buy some wine for for christmas gifts i'm an idiot with with regards to wine help me get into a a uh help me buy a couple bottles of wine what do you recommend all right, or the not just advi- me, but best, for, but no, no. for listeners, for listeners, they're in the this best spot. advice. Yeah. The best advice I can give you is give them a bottle, don't give them a box. Give them a bottle, don't give them a box. Boom, done. All right, gentlemen, it was fun. I greatly appreciate it. Um, I will. Thank you. I thank you for. <laughs> Sorry, hey, just don't no more box wine. No, no yeah. more box wine. Okay, perfect. Um, I will definitely make sure that, uh, well, show notes uh, or the, the link to your episodes at Clubs and Corks are going to be in the show notes of, of this episode. All listeners in the back of the range, go check out Ben Curtis. Go check out Luke Taylor. And uh, appreciate you guys stopping by the back of the range. Thank you. Thanks Thank for you. having us. Love That's a lot. Thank you. And there you have it. Special thanks to Luke Taylor, Ben Curtis for joining me on this episode of the Back of the Range. Make sure you check out their podcast, Clubs and Corks, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere you listen to your podcast. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Remember, this episode and every episode is available at thebackoftherange.com. We'll see you next time here at the Back of the Range.